you have to find a way if you want to earn money and build a business that you feel good about, you have to look inside. It's not going to come from outside. You know, it's that famous quote, there's nobody coming to save us here. Are you thinking about going to therapy with your relationship with your business? Well, fall in love all over again today with Chris Plackey. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your business? Then welcome to Wingnut Social, helping home professionals, industry influencers, and creatives accelerate their business through an improved social media presence by translating digital influence into physical success. Whether your focus is interior design, travel and tourism, or hospitality, this is your social media tightly fastened. Now welcome the hosts of Wingnut Social, Darla Powell and Natalie Graff. Hey there, and welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. I am your host, the Grand High Poobah of all things Wingnut, Darla Hot Flashes Powell, and I am joined by Natalie Pebbles Hairgraph. Natalie, I see you're returning to the old hairdo there. It's looking um pebblish. Looks really nice. <laughs> you know, I'm a little tired today, so I just pulled it all back real quick so it was up out of my eyes. I could take it down because these headphones will hold it back if too much of a distraction over there for you. No, we're going to have to send a shot to Sherry Millian. Who's <laughs> <laughs> she loves the pebbles hair and so does her son. Natalie, you know how normally we record this in a very quiet house and we sweat to death? But today I have the little studio fan on me and I don't care if anyone can hear it. I know. Those hot flashes are really kicking in, aren't they? Oh, my God. I'm hot flashing. Check it and see. Finally, we're back in people's homes doing photo shoots. And <laughs> the client had the house set to like 69, and I'm dripping sweat. He went and checked the AC. And he says, yeah, no, it's just you. I said, yes, I'm aware. I'm aware it's just me. <laughs> well, it happens when you become a woman of a certain age. I'm just saying. I'm not going to throw any ages <laughs> out there. but It's all right. I'm owning it. You're old. I started doing vitamins, too, like menopause vitamins. It might be time to trade you in. You always say that. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to start getting a complex. <laughs> Speaking of the design business, I felt really good yesterday being on the design side again after Wingnut has been monopolizing all of my time and getting back there and doing photo shoots. But I have to tell you... Could Wingnut possibly have a new website and that's why you've been a little distracted? Oh, yeah. Okay, so we're recording this on the unofficial launch day. So by the time this airs, I'm sure we have driven down your throat that we have a new website designed by Nicole Heimer of Curio Electro, who is absolutely so good. The experience with her was like night and day difference from any other professional I've ever worked with. She has her <laughs> together. Seriously. Yeah. So, you know, I've struggled on and off with being motivated because, you know, when you start a design business, you're like, oh, my gosh, it's going to be so amazing. I'm going to be doing what I love. But you find out very quickly that it's a lot, a lot, a lot of work. It's a very complicated business model. And sometimes we lose our steam because we're starting to treat something that we really fell in love with. And now it's a business. Now it's a quote unquote chore, right? So, you know, we're not doing it for ourselves so much. So, you know, I've struggled on and off with that on the design side. And I always liken it to what it must be like to work at Disney World. You and I go there now. It's magic. But can you imagine if we worked there? We would look it's at magic. It. It's magic. <laughs> it's magic. Yes. For it's, you. It's magic. It's magic for you if you had enough to drink. Well, yeah, then it's magical. <laughs> <laughs> then you see Tinkerbell. That's right. So anywho, where I'm going with this, Natalie, is Chris Plackey of the Chris Plackey Coaching Group is going to tell us how to fall in love with our business 
all over again. Doesn't that sound romantic? That sounds like a Lifetime movie. So you may be saying, who is this Chris Plackey and how is she going to teach me to love my business? Well, let me give you a little bit of the deets on her. With over 25 years of experience in leading, managing, and coaching leaders, Chris Plackey is a renowned expert and thought leader for management. She has made it her life's work to guide leaders and managers through tough situations and teach them how to lead their teams. Chris cuts through the noise and consistently builds teams that not only win together, but also stick together. Wingnuts, help me in welcoming Chris Plackey to the Wingnut Social Podcast. Hey there, Chris Plackey. Welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. How the hell are you? I'm pretty amazing. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. A very good response. Chris, I was telling the listeners a little bit about my mindset, and sometimes I fall out of love with the interior design business. I know they're out there thinking the same thing. I see it on the Facebook groups all the time. I have lost my mojo. I'm in a slump. So we're going to help them. We're going to help them change their paradigm, hopefully, and find a little bit of that romantic spark back. But first, tell us just a little bit about yourself and how you got to the spot. I'm really excited to talk with you about that because I've actually coached a few interior designers. And so I've had a couple of those conversations. So I am a coach and consultant. I work with female entrepreneurs and I really help them with the team mechanics, which is usually why people do fall out of love with their business is the team part. Now I have about 25 years experience leading and managing, creating high-performing teams. And so I took that corporate startup experience I had about eight years ago and started my own business and have worked exclusively now with female entrepreneurs for the last couple of years and absolutely love what I do and love helping women not give up on the dream because it's hard to manage. That we can figure out. Don't give up. That's easy. We can get there. So do you have personal experience in this? Like you started a business and you're like, oh, holy hell, maybe I'm not feeling the warm fuzzies like I used to and you got through it that way or how did you get to this? I didn't have my own business, but I worked in a startup that was sort of my younger years. And I did take a management role. I was young and thought, no, this is dumb. I can make more money and be an independent contributor and not have to deal with other people's problems and be responsible for them. So I quit that management role and went and did another gig by myself when I had my first son. But I have, I don't know why, a really compelling interest in leadership. And so I actually went back in <laughs> on purpose. And that's when my trajectory and leadership really culminated for me. So I stayed in there and I kept taking more and more and more and more responsibility, coupling it with my own learning and coaching and developing people and really created my own philosophy. And then for sure, I, even now I have people I manage, I'll have a day or two where I'm like, oh, but you know, I know that there's not anything that can come down the path now for me that I can't handle. For me, that's magic when that part doesn't knock me off my goals. Magic is the key word for this podcast. 2020 has just been really, let's just put, say wild. A I don't know. Show. A show, as Dara would say. Mm -hmm. So what are you telling your clients that are coming to you and they're just like completely terrified of the economy and like, oh my gosh, I hate this. I hate this. What kind of words of encouragement or? March 14th is the day that I will forever remember because I flew home on March 13th and that was the week that the MBA canceled and it all started. I just flew home from an event I was supposed to go to that was canceled. And I thought I need to do something. And so I put 
a note out that I was going to host a call the next day for female entrepreneurs as we moved into this moment of ambiguity. And 70 or 80 women showed up all looking at me like, what the hell are we going to do? This is actually part of my wheelhouse is massive change and disruption because I did work in a startup and there was just nothing reliable. And so my first message really is that what's happened to us through, this is my opinion, but what's happened to us through the introduction of this virus and the pandemic instability is we have come face to face with the fact that nothing is stable and that we really always are dealing with ambiguity. It's just that we don't believe that we are. And so we're able to create our own daily stability because we have beliefs about what's going to happen today and what's going to happen this year. We make our strategic plans, we set our goals, and we believe them. What's happened because of the pandemic is now there's this ambiguity disruptiveness that we think is paralyzing or makes it hard to make decisions. And so the first thing I try and help my clients see is, is sure, it's unique, but on any given day, you could have been hit by a car, you could have been, you know, anything could happen. You just didn't live thinking it. Now we're so reminded every day <laughs> what's good happen. You know, that's true. We're seeing it in the news. It's forced down our throats all the time. Oh, yeah. If you have kids, it's related to school. I went to Santa Monica a few weeks ago just to get away for a couple of days. I'm like, I was just so excited to get away. And I couldn't. Everywhere I went, it was hand sanitizer and people in masks. And I'm like, I just don't want to think about there being a pandemic for a hot minute. And I couldn't. Even the people delivering food to my room, because of course the restaurants were closed, they couldn't even like come into the room. They're like, sorry, ma'am, for your safety, we have to push this cart away from me to you. Anyway, and the second thing is what I've worked with all of my clients on, we did this in a Q2 program I did, is you have to reconnect to your compelling reason right now. You have to know why you're doing this. And if you don't like your reason anymore, then stop. Because it is hard to be an entrepreneur right now. I'm not even going to give that to people as a belief. I think it's true. And I would tell you the majority of the people who I work with are making more money than they thought they would or that they did last year. So there's plenty of opportunity, but you have to be willing to be nimble and flexible and resourceful and adapt quickly. And that means I think your compelling reason has to be that. It has to be light you up every day let's go. Let's figure it out. Okay. So are we locked into having to love it though all the time? Because on the intro here, before we brought you in and started interviewing you, I told the audience listening that before I opened up my interior design firm, I was, well, I still am excited about it, Don't get me wrong. But I was like, oh my gosh, it's going to be so amazing. It's going to be unicorn farting rainbows and fairy dust. And being in it, it's such a complex business model and, you know, real stuff goes down. Yeah. It's like I likened it to working at Disney World versus being a attendee. That's funny you should use yeah, that example. Exactly. I agree. Yes. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, and a lot of designers or people in the hospitality industry right now, travel and tourism, forget it, are having the same kind of burnout, the same kind of thoughts. And they're really second guessing their whole financial future. And maybe they were having some doubts even before the pandemic broke out. How do you rein them in and, and get them through? thinking clearly. I don't think there's a right or wrong choice. I guess that's the way I would say that because I have had a couple clients who are like, yeah, no, I'm out. I don't want to do it. And 
I think in a lot of ways, the pandemic has created some grace for people. Like, I kind of was hating it already. So maybe this is a good time for me to segue into something else. And that's where we spend our time. It's like, how about we don't save something you're not passionate about? How about we think about it? But what I want to make sure is that you like your reason. Because there are things we have to do that are hard. That doesn't mean we don't still love the goal, the compelling reason, right? Like whatever it was that brought you into interior design that made you want to do that work in the world, if that still exists, then the details of hard, which we all have to negotiate, we can figure that part out. So don't give up because it's hard. Move along because you don't really feel attached or compelled to do the work anymore. I mean, you know this better than anyone, right? As your business grows, there's new levels of hard and difficult. And we're sort of reinvited, I think, every couple years to remarry our business. Do I still want to hang out with you? <laughs> do we still get along? Do we still like the same movies? This is how I think in my head. Okay, I don't really like running five miles, but I do love the little Debbie cakes. There you go. And you also like to wear certain jeans. If I can get back into them, yes. <laughs> go. What are some telltale signs that you can be like, mm, not really loving this and the joy of the business is kind of slipping? What do we look for? I look for persistence of thought. So I just had this conversation with somebody else. Who was it? Oh, I can't remember. She's been wanting to make a change in her business. And she's talked about it on every coaching call for probably four or five months, six months, maybe even. And I'm like, okay, as your coach, I'm going to indulge this now. Because now we're not just, you know, that old adage, running away versus running to, right? And I like to just really help people settle in. The way that I know that it's the right thing to do, to change, to move on, like close up shop, whatever the word is you want to say, is that when you think about the transition, it's not a feeling of relief because relief is temporary. The decision has to be less about, oh, if I get out of this, I'll feel better versus, oh, if I stop doing this, then I could go do this. Right. And so we don't want to change our circumstance just to make ourselves feel better. That doesn't get you long term growth and results. So I rather coach people through the difficult and get really, really clear about what they want. I've done this with women when I've coached them through divorce, to be honest. Like, let's not divorce your spouse until you can kind of like him and love him. Right. Then you're just looking at him like, yeah, you're a cool, dude. I, I don't want to pick you again, but I like you. Versus I got to get away from this guy because I'm miserable because okay, of Okay, so let me make sure I understand you because I'm not sure I do. <laughs> My nickname is Wingnut. Okay, so one of the barometers there is if you get a sense of relief from that specific task or thing that you hate doing, that's not the answer or the business. That's not the answer. I would never want somebody to walk away from their business just because they don't like using the work I do, managing people. I have more people tell me that. Oh my God, I hate managing people. That's not a good reason. No, no. Once you learn the mechanics of management, depending on the size of your business, you could get it to where you're only managing one person if you figure out how to do that right. That's not a good reason to me to quit the goal. But if you came to me and said, Chris, I've had this interior design business. I love all the work I've done, but I really, really don't want to do that anymore. I want to pursue my artistic talent doing this. 
and I'm super excited about building that, then I would really work with you about that. But you have to be on to yourself. Sometimes I'm not the brightest bulb and I have to hear it again just to get that little aha moment. Yeah, when Darla gets her aha moments, it's very scary. It can be dangerous. <laughs> it's very dangerous around here. <laughs> She's devising things as we speak. I guess personally speaking, if I'm sitting here and I'm like, okay, you know what? We don't like this business anymore. Which is not true. Which is not true. But I'm just, I'm trying to like (laughs) put this in perspective here. So how would you advise someone to help identify the signs? You say, hey, go take a vacation. Maybe you need to hire someone else. Reach out for a business coach or all of the above. I have three children and sometimes I don't want to be a mother. (laughs) Oh, snap. I hope, don't listen, kids. Don't listen to this podcast. And there's mothers out there who don't say that they're lying. So I'm just telling the truth. So what do I do? I'm going to go to Santa Monica for five days and I'm going to decide if I still want to be a wife and a mother. And usually it works out well for everybody. Oh, we're going to have to talk (laughs) afterwards about the other unusual times. (laughs) I'm so glad you said that because especially right now, what I watched happen to my clients, I would say I'm about a 65-35 split of women who have public-facing brick-and-mortar type businesses, right? So most of the people I work with, man, did they white-knuckle themselves through the first four months of the pandemic, right? Everything they could do to keep the doors open, curbside, drop-off, laying people off, apply for the PPP, apply for a grant. Can I figure out how to take money online? Is there an online option here? Right? Like we were doing it all because we're entrepreneurs. We figure it out. That's how we roll. Right. But the burnout, right? So it was like the surge of energy. And then starting in about mid June, people would come to my calls like, I can't, I can't, Function. And so that was honestly when my conversations did start like, hey, can you take a day off? Because then people are jealous of all the people who've been at home making bread. And that was actually a conversation I had with someone. She's like, I am so lit at people who are making sourdough bread right now while I'm working off my ass to try and save my business. Yes. So a break is in order. Women work way too emotionally, energetically. It's not just physical. It's such an attachment. Break is in order if you are feeling that way. I always think it's the first step. You got to take a little minute. What if you can't take a five days in Santa Monica and decide you're going to abandon your family? (laughs) 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 What if you're it? I get it. And look, I've had some people who that is their thing, right? I have clients who have disabled children, right? Like we all have to find a way to be reflective, even if it's just you sit on your balcony or your patio or you hide in your bathroom, your closet. You take up meditating for 10 minutes a day. Like you have to pour back into yourself. I think the thing that people would find if they work with me is I know how difficult this time in our lives has been, but I also believe that we also take ownership for our own emotional health and circumstances sort of be damned. Like you have to find a way if you want to earn money and build a business that you feel good about, you have to look inside. It's not going to come from outside. You know, it's that famous quote, there's nobody coming to save us. Yeah, you got to save your own self. Absolutely. And we're really resourceful as women, but we also have to feed the spirit here and whatever that can look like. And I agree, everybody's life is different and everybody's circumstances are different. So let's say the audience listening is you've kind of given them a little bit of a paradigm shift and said, oh, you know what? Yes, five miles. Little Debbie, I am still in love with. That's my thing. I love Little Debbies. 
Okay, I had the paradigm shift. I still love the goal of having the successful design firm, the happy clients, and fulfilling and enriching their lives in that way, even if sometimes I have to step in dog poop to get there, right? That's not as enjoyable, but the payoff is way worth it. So that being said, if we have listeners out there who said, you know what, I'm sticking to it, they're absolutely right. What do we do when we sit there and say, you know what, it's not worth it? That end goal isn't what I imagined. What kind of exit strategy should we make before we go and start doing caricatures on Broadway or <laughs> painting or being Elmo in Times Square or whatever our dream and our passion is? What's a smart exit strategy so you know you're not just having an emotional reaction to the murder hornets? A plan. All right. Okay, great. Show's over. <laughs> <laughs> I have a client who her business is not going to make it. We could argue that it will or won't, but it's tough right now. And it's because of the nature of her business. It has nothing to do with her. She's in recreation for kids. So it's limited in social distancing. Yeah. It's all of it. You know, she's an amazing woman. She's been in business for years. She's no schlump, man. She works her butt off. And so starting a few months ago, we really started to look at, given all of her depth of experience, what else turns her on? And that's where we spent our time. Like, if this isn't it, let's just go there. Because I like to take people through worst case scenario. Also, like it sounds very ugly, but it's useful like to just put it to bed. Like, okay, let's just go there. And what do you really want your work in the world to be? This has been one avenue. What's another path? And for her, she wants to keep helping children and leadership and movement of their bodies. She has a whole vision of that. And so she went all in on it. She just did sort of this discovery process. And I was kind of encouraging her to consider some online options because if there's one thing we've learned through this process is if you can take money online, you can make money. So that's what we've been doing for probably a couple months is like nurturing an idea. My coach said this to me once. Actually, she said this to me several years ago when I said, I want to go all in on female entrepreneurs. She said, let's just treat this like a little baby idea and let's put the seeds in the ground and just nurture the heck out of it. Love it. Don't dig it back up and see if anything's growing. Let's just let it be there and nurture it. And so that's what my client is doing. She made a plan. She sketched out all the content. She's talked to her team about their involvement. She got some people involved to look at what kind of platform. So she's like playing with it without launching it, right? And then in the same time, she's still managing a business with 20 some odd people. Okay, so not a knee jerk reaction. Anything needs a plan. And if you've already had a successful business, you know, you need a plan. Do not start a business without a plan. Chris, is there anything that I have forgotten to ask you that you feel that the listeners need to hear right now before we get into the What Up Wingnut round? No, I don't think so. I'll talk about anything. What do you? What else you got? The What Up Wingnut round. Are you ready? I think I am. <laughs> now it's time for What Up Wingnut. Wingnut. If you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be and why? Dogwood. It's beautiful, has pretty pink flowers, and it is usually kind of alone. Oh, man, I'm telling you, this is a psychological test. We really get to know our guests through these questions. What would the hashtag on your tombstone be? Hashtag, she loved Disneyland. <laughs> but didn't want to work there. If you could be only one golden girl, who would it be? Oh, um, Rue, Rue McClallahan, Blanche. I see a pattern. To the listeners listening, are we getting an idea of Chris's personality here? <laughs> 
I'm telling you, this is science. Science. And last but not least, please recommend a book that has had a profound effect on you, either personally or professionally. I think the book I would say I read a long time ago, it's called Excuse Me, Your Life is Waiting by Lynn Grabhorn. Nice. Really good. I remember reading it in Mexico. This was a long time ago. My son was three, so 17 years ago. I was riveted, and it really did change the trajectory. Well, that's amazing. If you read it 17 years ago, and it's the first one that comes to your mind in a podcast, being interviewed by a couple of wingnuts, it's definitely worth the checking out. (laughs) I think you might like it. She's real sassy. And if for your listeners who or you, not that you've hinted at it or anything, are feeling a little stuck for people who are kind of lost their mojo and are kind of there, I think that could be a really powerful read. Excuse me, your life is waiting by Lynn Grabhorn. Grabhorn. Okay, there's a visual. Grab horn. You can't forget that, right? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I don't know what happened to her. I know nothing else about her. I don't know if she ever did anything else in her life. That one is the one I felt called to tell you about. Chris Plackey, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. You've been amazing. Please tell the listeners where they can go and find out all about your awesome sauce services, and then we will bid you adieu. Well, of course, I'd love to tell people everything. So I have a podcast. So if you are running your business and you need help with team, I'd certainly recommend you go listen to my podcast, which is called Lead Your Team. And every week I drop some 15 minutes worth of practical sound, do this today kind of advice for how to manage people. And then one of the things I just created, if you're interested in it, is a CEO job description template and video. A lot of people who are running their businesses don't ever write their own (laughs) job description. True story. And it's kind of handy as you grow because then you know what you do and they know what you do. And you also can start looking at what you want to take off your plate and hire for, right? If there's a lot of things on that job description that you don't want. If you just go to myceojob.com, you can opt in and get the video series and so forth. So otherwise, people can go to my website, chrisplackey.com or find me on Instagram, chrisplackeycoach. Chris, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. You have been a delight. You have an amazing week. You too. Thank you. Natalie and Giraffe. Yes, Jethro. I do love Little Debbie Cakes. You know what? I I know where I sleep at night. I'm not going to say a word. Yeah, I know. I gained a load of weight. I know. Um, But you know what I was doing is I was just circumventing the whole running the five miles and going straight to the Little Debbie Cake. As a grown adult with responsibilities, you can't do that. No, you can't. So you have to have a kind of a come to Jesus meeting and say, okay, is this business something that's just really sucking out my soul and I hate it and I'm going to not live another minute if I do this business? Or are you just hating certain parts of it that may be burning you out, but the overall picture is still what you dreamed and envisioned in Disney World and unicorn farting rainbows? Okay, you know what? I'm just going to go with you, whatever you say there. I I like this trend. This is great. What did I do to deserve that? I don't know. Actually stopped eating all those little Debbie cakes. I have. I weighed myself this morning. And I tell you what, not weighing yourself, not a good idea. (laughs) Were the dogs standing on the scales? Yes. Radar, our big Australian cattle dog, was putting one paw on the scale, I'm convinced. Oh, you probably had two. (laughs) 
Maybe two, maybe two pods. Anyway, so Chris Plackey, she made a lot of sense. You can't just quit. We're grown. We're all grown adults. This is real business. You can't just say, screw this. I'm going to quit not have a plan if it's something that you're entertaining. We do have interior design friends who moved, restructured their business, quit some of their part of their business. So in some ways, this pandemic for them has been an opportunity of circumstance, I guess. Yeah, but it's kind of like what Chris said. If you were already kind of on the verge of, "Eh, am I doing this? Am I not? Am I going to make a change? just kind of just pushed you off that cliff and you had to make the change. Well, you know what we did? I doubled down. You doubled down and we opened up some new verticals for Wingnut Social. And because it goes right alongside with it, we doubled down on the uh, design side. Well, we got the new director. Made some changes within our design staff. We have a new junior designer, Elise Gluek. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. You know, I've only seen it written. So I'm extremely warm fuzzy about that. The end game for me is still like, I'm telling you, shiny rainbows with pots of gold. I do still love that. So at some time I had to say, okay, Darla, you're not 12. You know, you're 52 years old. It's time to get responsible and really just face the music of what it takes to achieve that pot of gold. And it's a lot of hard work and it's not always pleasant. It's not always fun. This is going to sound really sappy. Definitely lean on your friends. Lean on those. In lean the, on me. Oh my gosh, Darla. Lean on those that you surround yourself with and your other friends that are in the industry. We would have happy hour Zoom meetings. Oh and yeah, those are good. Those are great. <laughs> we sometimes get a little too happy, but lean on them and let them come back with some of their feedback. You know, don't be afraid to tell them, hey, I'm over this shit. What do I do? Because you would be surprised. Half of them are the same way too. And they're like, oh my gosh, I was waiting for someone else to say that. And it makes you feel better. Right. It's like you're in it together. You're not alone. But I did want to add, don't lean on them when they're on the scale. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll scold Radar tonight. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, guys. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever the hell you're listening to this on. Follow us on social at Wingnut Social. And if you need help with marketing your high aesthetic brand, your business, we have your back. And I think that's it for today, Nat. Got anything else? Nope. So long. See ya. You've reached the end of this episode of Wingnut Social, but that's only the first step into accelerating your business the Wingnut way. Head over to wingnutsocial.com or call us at 1-877-WINGNUT to see how we can help you take your business from social mediocre to social media master. We'll see you on the next episode of Wingnut Social, your social media tightly fastened. Are you thinking about attending? Attending? I gotta adjust my menopause fan. That's a very nice. That's a very nice. Good boy, Mango.